The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're all working for the weekend, aren't we? Guess who's going to be on the show today? Yeah, Loverboy, Mike Reno from Loverboy. He's, uh, the band's playing at the River Cree tonight. So we'll be checking in with him just after 3.30 this afternoon. How was Halloween at your place last night? Did you have a lot of kids? We had 10. And the only reason we had 10 is because our neighbors texted us at like quarter to nine and said, hey, can we pop by? Because they, they were in a better part of the, the city. They, they went to a place that was busier. So we had three at quarter to nine show up last night. I saw some places last night in the city with like over a thousand kids in Summerside. Some of those areas where they're doing Halloween up big time, over a thousand. Are you joking me? All I know is I've got a lot of uh, chocolate bars to uh, take care of over the weekend. Uh, let me know how it was at your place. And what is with uh, Halloween apples? What the heck is that? I've never heard of that until I moved out here. Never heard of Halloween apples instead of trick-or-treat. Bobby, have you have you ever heard of Halloween apples? Uh, no, not really. Like, I've heard of candy apples, but that's never been like a giveaway thing. No, no, no. So if they come to the door, instead of saying trick-or-treat, they're like, Halloween apples oh, no, or something. No, that seems made up. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a thing out here, apparently. Interesting. Yeah, apparently it's a thing out here. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun with that uh, this afternoon. As I mentioned, Mike Reno from Loverboy going to be on the show just after 3.30. Did you hear about that story earlier this week? The coyote uh, jumped the coyote, jumped the fence and grabbed that dog. We'll talk about coyotes after 3 o'clock. We're going to talk about Tim Hortons as promised uh, after 2.30. But right now to start this afternoon, uh, we're going to take a look at the impact of the UCP's first budget on the city of Edmonton. There are a lot of concerns about a number of projects after the budget was unveiled last week, including the Valley Line West LRT, the Twilliger Drive, expansion and and Lewis Farms Rec Center Library. Now when it comes to the LRT, Mayor Don, Don Iveson saying language in the Kenny government's Bill 20 provides an out clause for the province saying funding can be pulled without cause on 90 days notice. That uncertainty is causing all sorts of nervousness at City Hall and Council is trying to find some answers uh, here is Global Scott Johnson. Mayor Don Iveson says what's in Bill 20 contradicts what Premier Jason Kenney said in his State of the Province address. At first blush, it looks like uh, there are some very serious new hurdles in the way for this project, which is at odds with um, the Premier's commitment uh, earlier this week to support us in building it. Especially when hundreds of millions are at stake. For instance, a developer has a rezoning application to build 1,000 apartment units where the Safeway and Shoppers Drug Mart Mall is at 149th Street. At a time when we're trying to attract investment, that's not helpful. The 90-day guillotine clause, Iveson says, is also going to scare away potential bidders to build the LRT. Lawyers and procurement officials for the city are pouring over the bill trying to get a straight answer. Scott Johnson, Global News. All right, so we're talking to a couple of city councillors today, starting things off. Ward 9 City Councillor Tim Cartmel. Tim, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, now we heard the mayor talk about the uncertainty of the Valley Line uh, LRT. People are asking questions about a number of projects. How surprised were you with the provincial budget and the potential impact on, on city projects? Well, 
Well, I've got to say I wasn't really surprised with the overall budget, with the with essentially the tone and the tenor of the budget. Yeah. I I feel like when I was uh, when I was door knocking for my campaign back in 2017, I was talking about things like overspending an LRT mm-hmm. and and uh, bus rapid transit as a reasonable alternative to deliver the same objectives. Uh, uh, I was hearing at those doors uh, language around property tax increases and how we have to stem the tide on that. So. Uh, it, it wasn't a real. The tone of it was not a real surprise to me. Uh, you know, some of the details are, are uh, that we're just learning now are, are you know, uh, I guess surprising. The devil's always in the details, but uh, well, no, no particularly. Yeah, yeah, isn't isn't that the truth? I mean, when the budget comes down, uh, you know, you get to kind of the 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 original uh, like briefing paper, and then over the next couple of days as you go through, you see, oh, okay, what the heck is that? So let's talk about the Valley Line LRT. The mayor said what is in uh, Bill 20 contradicts what Premier Kenny said in his State of the Province address. Can you explain that for us, dumb it down for us a bit? Well, my understanding is that this is a, a standard clause, quite frankly, and that uh, that all of the funding agreements and uh, procurement agreements that uh, Alberta Transportation uh, enters into and the Alberta government enters into has this sort of a clause. So mm. this, this, as I understand it, is business as usual, that, uh, that you know, this is to be expected. So, so is, is Mayor Iveson yeah. overreacting? Well, I think it might have caught uh, some by surprise because it's specifically mentioned in the language of the bill. Uh, you know, that, that seems odd. If it's a standard contractual fr- language, then why does it find its way into a bill? So that might need some, some explaining. But to me, the bigger risk is that uh, funding for this project gets delayed a, a year or two years or three years. You know, if you're talking about borrowing tens or hundreds of millions, <laughs> even if you expect to get that back, the carrying cost on that kind of money is, is huge. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the bigger concern as far as I'm concerned. So in, in your neck of the woods, uh, Twilliger Drive expansion, there's been a lot of talk about that. Is there going to be any impact on that, Tim? Do we know? Well, the the, um, the province had pledged through one of their grants uh, 25% of the cost of Twilliger Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that grant program was eliminated. So it's disappointing to lose that 25% support. But it's important to remember that this project touches a lot of people. You know, 80,000 people uh, take the Hende every day, 120,000 people are on Whitemud every day, 45,000 people and counting are on Twilliger Drive every day. So uh, in this corner of the city, we've seen not a lot of infrastructure investment over the years into the transportation system. It's been the fastest growing part of Edmonton. Uh, When I was campaigning in 2017, it had 13 of the fastest growing 18 neighborhoods Mm -hmm. in Edmonton. And those new neighborhoods south of the Hende have got uh, densities as high or higher than the neighborhoods in the core. So uh, this is a vital project, and it's uh, it's needed for uh, for Southwest Edmonton. So if uh, if you lose that 25 percent, uh, where are we going to find where where do we where do we find that money, Tim? Well, it's uh, well, you know, that's the where <laughs> city council is going to have to set some priorities. Uh, so. You know, that the, the delta on that, what's missing from the Twilliger Drive project right now is uh, around $20 million. Uh, some of the other projects we're talking about are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And so when we have the conversation about what's the next best thing to do that's going to touch the most people, 
I think that Twilliger Drive has got a, uh, a good case. Well, you, you look at that and you talk about the south side of the city and, and Twilliger Drive. We also knew that the, the funding or we found out that funding for the new hospital in South Edmonton has been maintained. But again, the completion date has been pushed back uh, three years. When you look at kind of that, that growth in South Edmonton and some of these projects, what's happening there? It's like, oh, jeepers, what's, what's going on? Um, you know, out by my place, you know, I live uh, outside the Hendy on, uh, Hende on the south side. I mean, we talk about even police stations and, and fire departments and that. What is that going to look like in the coming years? I'm glad I'm not on city council right now, Tim. Well, you know, I'm glad I am because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's why I ran was to yeah. get into, you know, these discussions and, and talk about, uh, you know, what our choices are, how we're going to fund some of these things. And I, I've always believed that there's been enough money in the system, uh, that we're, we're collecting enough money now. So now we need to turn our eye to efficiencies, effective uh, delivery of service, how we are going to uh, uh, set priorities and live within our means uh, and, 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 you know, deliver as much as we can to the citizens of Edmonton while staying, uh, you know, measured and, and disciplined in how we're going to deliver those things. Ward 9 City Councillor Tim Cartmel joining me this afternoon. All right, so uh, we have to deal with this reality and that's uh, what you're facing right now on City Council, that the cash, we have to find, you know, uh, places to find that cash. What happens now? I know uh, administration kind of looking at things, looking at options and uh, reporting back next week, I believe. Uh, So let me explain to me what's happening there and where you'll go from there. Sure. So we have our uh, our meeting on Tuesday, and that'll go through the day. That's going to be an update on our capital and operating budgets. And uh, I believe we're restricted to one round of questions each. And so we're going to okay. get a report, and we're going to, and you know, that's the first opportunity to get a bit more of uh, the detail behind uh, the decisions that have been made. Uh, we have a public hearing on December fifth and sixth, where we'll hear from the public. Uh, we'll get a further update at that time from administration. And then December 11th to 13th is when we get together as a council and we actually make the decisions that are going to take us through into the next year. Oh, my goodness. And then we'll wait to see what's in the spring provincial budget, won't we? We will indeed, yes. All right, yeah. Tim. Thanks for this. I appreciate your time this afternoon. Have a great weekend. Great. Thank you. All right, Tim Cartmel joining us this afternoon, Ward 9 City Council. We'll take a break here. We'll uh, get Andrew Nack's uh, thoughts on uh, the provincial budget and the impact impact on on the city when we return. And 219, you guys are weighing in on the whole Halloween apples thing that I mentioned off the top of the show. Yeah, Halloween apples was a thing, and uh, not just uh, here, but apparently at Winnipeg. Some of you are texting in, used to live in Winnipeg. That was a thing. Out in Ardrossan, someone had like 600 people out there last night, trick-or-treaters. My goodness. Okay, so as we take a look, as we take a look at the provincial budget and the impact on the city budget, a lot of questions remain. Now, earlier this week, Premier Kenny delivered a state of the province address to the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce defending uh, the tough budget his government brought down last week. If we don't take action now on an $8 billion deficit that in a worst case scenario could double, then how will we deal with the crisis down the line? That is why I submit it is completely irresponsible to suggest a policy of ignoring the fiscal crisis that this province finds itself in. Andrew Knack is Ward 1 City Councillor. Hey, Andrew, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, have you ever heard of Halloween apples before? 
I, they sound terrible. Like, is it people just handing out apples instead no. of candy? No, instead of saying trick or treat, you say Halloween apples. Oh. Yeah, no, right? No, I have no, I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's a thing or it was a thing and maybe it's starting again, but at one point it was. But anyway, I wanted to talk to you <laughs> about the provincial budget and the impact on, on the city budget. Andrew, the premier saying action needs to be taken now. You've said the city has to react uh, to the reality, but how fair is it to have plans put in place based on funding promises only to have them change kind of mid-stride? Well, you know, I... I I, I think we all sort of realized and accepted, and I think through the campaign, uh, the, the provincial campaign, we knew that if the UCP caught, got elected, there would be adjustments made. That, that I don't think surprised anyone. Mm -hmm. I think where the biggest concern is, if you look at something like the fiscal framework that existed in our city charter, which was yep. originally supported by both the previous provincial government and the UCP when they were uh, the opposition. It was in their platforms and then was since changed. That, mm -hmm. So it's things like that that are probably a bigger concern than than what we expected to be some restraint shown on, on different issues. Describe the relationship between the city and the province right now, if you can. Well, and that's this is the part that's a little challenging right now because I, I was at that event on Tuesday and I and I heard the premier speak. I wanted to be there and 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 hear what his message. And I think you know he talked about even at that event and has said it a couple of times since. You know we are all in this together, right? We need to be working together to get through these these tough economic times. And we've also heard the premier state a number of times that they're looking for, as a province, a different relationship with the federal government mm -hmm. so that they're working together. <laughs> uh, and, and I feel like if that's what we're seeking as a province with the federal government, that should be the same type of relationship that municipalities should have with the provincial government so that we're actively working together and engaging each other to help work through these tough times. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I don't a little know more we're there. Yeah, a little more conversation and knowing instead of just boom and it's done. Um, you know what? We heard uh, the mayor uh, talking this week. He's been concerned about the Valley uh, Line LRT saying what's in Bill 20 contradicts what Premier Kenny said in that uh, that that, uh, that address uh, just recently. I was just talking with Tim Cartmel. He's saying that clause that uh, the mayor seems to be concerned about is pretty much a standard clause. Um, is, what, what is your thoughts on that? What do you know about that? And you know, is the mayor overreacting on this? So my understanding is that the 90-day portion is not uncommon. To say that there's a 90-day termination clause, that, that seems to be more common. Having chatted with some of our folks in our city administration and, and just trying to do some digging, what doesn't seem to be very common is the fact that there's the without clause portion. Mm. And, and so I think that's where the confusion lies because uh, if you're, and I mean, just practically speaking, if you're a company thinking about bidding on a larger project where you're going to have to hire staff for an extended period of time, if there is a risk that a contract could be terminated within 90 days without cause, then are you, how willing are you going to be to invest? And so if this, uh, what I've heard from, from city staff is that that seems to be the part that surprised, that's, that caught them off guard. 
and I'm not sure we've heard anything. Minister McIver has suggested a number of times that this is normal. Um, I, I guess what I'd love to see is can, can he sort of show that to us <laughs> then to say, yeah, in fact, here's all of the other contracts where this has been the case. And if that's the case, wonderful. I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And so I've tried not to overreact yeah. because I've wanted to see it. But certainly that causes some unease. Well, unease, uncertainty. And right now in 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 the environment that we're facing in Alberta and in Edmonton is uncertainty and unease what we need when we're trying to attract investment to the city the answer is no and that and that's been that goes back to that that uh, previous point about the partnership piece here which yeah. is that we to to be thriving economically as a province we need to all be working together on this mm. and making sure we're providing that certainty you know even something like you know we're seeing some of the the, the bickering that's occurring in Calgary between the, the mayor and some of the ministers. And and what does that do to the economic stability mm-hmm. when you see governments, instead of focusing on the governing side, um, sort of complaining back and forth? Like, we're, we're all in, I go back to the premier's own words, yeah. we are all in this together. Who cares what party people supported, mm-hmm. where anyone's at? We're, We've got to be on the same page or else we stand to really be in a, a tough position. So right now the city it looks like it's going to have to do some creative budgeting. You're going to have to, or creative, I don't know if that's the right word, but you're going to have to tighten uh, the belt, look for some money in different places, maybe do without some things. It was just, as I mentioned, talking to Tim Cartmel. We were talking about the Terwilliger Drive expansion, about, about $20 million. That's not there now for that. We know that funding for that new hospital, South Edmonton, has been pushed back. We look at uh, funding for that LRT line um, you know uh, this this is a new reality and uh, and I'm guessing that City Council just like any household budget that is faced with um, some some tough times is just going to have to tighten its belt and and there's going to be some tough decisions ahead Andrew absolutely there's there's a lot of projects that I think people have been eagerly awaiting even things in the West End like the the Lewis Farms Recreation Center and library that we're gonna have to take a step back and reevaluate all of these larger capital projects mm-hmm. uh, and and then prioritize that against available funds and and also just thinking about other maybe creative ways to try to move forward on certain things and, and other things will just have to be held off on well and, and uh, you've and you've mentioned that even if there was no provincial funding allocated for some of these projects um, it doesn't you know uh, the city now has to move you have to you have to shuffle the pieces around on mm-hmm. on, on the on the board don't you absolutely and the the Lewis Farms Rec Center library is one of those examples yeah. I mean it's primarily city funded but when you see a large reduction in overall infrastructure mm. dollars we have to then reflect on that and figure out how this will all fit together so this was a tough budget and I think uh, we ex- we expected it how concerned are you about what may be in the spring budget <sighs> I, you know I, I I'm, I'm concerned if we can't get beyond the process, right? I, I mean, I think about the city budget process, and it's very public. We have we release it. Uh, it's an administrative budget first. We don't even get to look at it first, uh, and then we have a public hearing process. There's engagement, and I and I wish we had a similar process provincially that would allow us to again more actively engage in that partnership, talk to one another, put out on the table, hey, times are tough. Let's figure out together how we're going to do this. But that's not what happens provincially and federally. It's a it's an archaic process that I think would would stand 
uh, a lot of, would stand to benefit if it followed how we do things municipally and and maybe that would help ensure that we don't have to feel uneasy or concerned about what will come in the spring because we'll have been working on it together. Andrew Knack uh, joining me this afternoon before I let you go Andrew what are you so what are you telling Edmontonians uh, right now as as we're as you're dealing with this and, and looking where we're going to find this money? Well, I think some of it is we're not going to, there are certain things that we're just not going to be able to do. We're not going to suddenly, I, I think we're not going to go and suddenly increase taxes anymore just to start putting all of these, uh, all of these things that had originally yeah. been approved. And so that's one piece. And then, and I think the other piece is, is hopefully, you know, we tell Edmontonians that we can hopefully work on a true partnership with the province going forward that so that we can try to succeed together uh, and, and make sure that we're all working towards the same goal. And uh, and if we can do that, I think we can get through this, but we really need to make sure that we're coming together right now. Yeah, you have to figure out this uh, in this together portion of it all, Andrew. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for this. Always great talking to you. Have a great weekend, Andrew. You too. Thank you. All right. Eileen Bell has news headlines up next.